Coming to you from the heart of the heartland, you're listening to Life Chat, a podcast designed to help independent agents make life easy. It's important to note the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of EMC National Life. Now it's time to get things started. Let's join our life insurance team. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Life Chat. Um, We are continuing our series here where we are walking through the different uh, life moments where a client might be uh, more inclined to uh, be looking at the future and looking at a life insurance purchase. Uh, Today, I am joined by uh, Carly O'Connor-Pels, our communication specialist here at EMC National Life. Thanks for having me. And uh, Steve Miller, our senior life sales rep. Hello. I'm happy to be aboard. Well, thanks, everyone. And I am uh, uh, Rob Oxenford here. Uh, so one thing we're talking about today is final expense coverage. Now, the thing about final expense coverage is that it's generally what people think of when they think of life insurance is, you know, covering those final costs, whether it's like hospital bills or even like a funeral cost. Um, but, you know, uh, Steve, I think you had a good quote earlier just before we started recording here of it's the one policy you know is going to pay out. Absolutely. Yeah. When you when you think about insurance, you're always thinking, boy, is it a gamble? Um, Because if I don't use it, I I, I lose it. Well, when you're talking about a final expense insurance policy, that's the only one guaranteed that will uh, be there when you need it, not if you need it. So as long as uh, your premiums are paid, right? Yeah, exactly. Good point, Carly. Yeah. You know, and I think that does make a, a very good point, Carly, because, you know, when you do look at, say, even like term coverage, you know, there is there's generally like an end date when you're going to stop paying those premiums. When this one is it, the nice thing is, is locking in early specifically on some of these policies is going to make sure that you have, a, I guess, a more manageable rate uh, might be a good way to put it uh, for your entire life uh, all the way till uh, it does pay out uh, at the very end there. So absolutely. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you decide if you need term or permanent insurance? How do you decide which is right for you? For final well, I, I, I'll take that one because I think that's a great question to ask. And it really gets back to what is the purpose of the insurance that you're buying? Is it for a, a temporary need such as a, a mortgage or uh, you've got loans out there? But uh, when you're talking about a final expense type of a policy, when you know you're going to need it sometime or some um, at one point, uh, permanent whole life policy really is the answer because, uh, as Rob had mentioned earlier, uh, the sooner you lock in uh, a rate, the lower the premium is, and that is something that will never change. Whereas with term, it could run out and then you've you've got nothing. So uh, yeah, it gets back to, Carly, what is the purpose of that life insurance? And uh, when we're talking final expense, I think we know that uh, final means final. And uh, so it's important that you uh, have the right type of coverage because it's it's the when is it going to happen, not if it's going to happen. I think that's the key there piggyback on that a bit too because you know one thing I know uh, Steve and I have had quite a few conversations about is what we call a blended strategy you know when I'm doing a client evaluation and we look at it, we come to a total amount of like hey I know I'm going to need say 750000 as an example I know that you know portion of this let's set it up in term because I know those debts are going to be falling off hopefully as life goes on um, but getting that 
portion of it in permanent, it's still kind of going to the whole total that we're going to need for the person, but locking in that rate at a good rate um, is a great time to do it. Um, but I guess always another option is uh, a lot of term policies have the ability to convert within there. So, you know, as that term policy gets to a point where you're going to fall off, you can step in there and say, hey, you know, I've paid off the house. Everything's great. I don't need this to cover a mortgage anymore, but I'm going to take a portion of it and lock it in. Only problem with that is I'm at my now age, you know, whatever age yeah, I'm there going exactly. forward. So it's always about starting young. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So true. So true. And, you know, another point with regards to buying a whole life policy that um, whole life policy, a provision within whole life policy allows you to do is that down the road, you may be in a position where you uh, can afford to stop making premium payments, take a reduced paid up amount um, that will still be sufficient enough to take care of final expenses. So that's another option that gives you some uh, some flexibility, if you will, of being able to uh, know that your premium is always going to be locked in. But if in down the road you'd like to be able to stop and uh, and take a, a reduced paid up type of a policy, that is a provision within a whole life policy that really is nice to have as well. I think that goes back to annual meetings with your uh, life insurance agent. You Absolutely, know, sitting down with them because your needs are going to change every year as you. Excellent. Add to your family, get new house. And that's why I always, you know, I feel agents can really benefit to build that relationship with their agent, with their clients, sorry, um, by when they set up that policy, they do the delivery, just get out the calendar right then and say, okay, 12 months from now, let's just get something on the calendar just to touch base, even just for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, kind of walk through the policy again and make sure it's still meeting your needs and see if there's anything we need to add to it or take away for that matter too. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, when it comes to uh, life insurance, one of the things that I always think of is that old commercial, uh, you can pay me now, you can pay me later. And uh, when you pay me now, you know what it's going to be. Um, and later, you may be putting your family in a position where uh, they're going to have to maybe sell some assets just to uh, take care of the final expenses that, that there may be. Uh, whereas if you plan ahead now, and be able to uh, budget for that, you're taking care of it, you know, and it's it's peace of mind, if anything, to be able to uh, secure something that you know is going to be there when your family needs it. What would you say to a client if uh, they already had funds allocated in their will for their funeral and final expenses, and they said, why do I need life insurance? Can you explain how that's different? I guess for me, the biggest thing is just access to those funds. That's going to be the biggest question is how quickly you can get to them. Um, I know a lot of people who set up those assets in, say, you know, stocks, bonds, um, other, you know, other, say, investment things, you know, property and so on. And one thing, you know, if you once you've gone through a funeral um, and setting one up, you realize how quickly we're talking within days you need to have that money. And one thing I've always appreciated about life insurance um, is that generally you can get a portion or all the funds within 48 hours, within a week at least. Um, so when you're having those conversations with the funeral home, they know they're going to get paid because, you know, they're in the business like anyone else and they're not going to do anything until they get paid. And so sometimes those other assets, it's going to take a while. So the nice thing about us say a a final expense policy, you can get that paid and then use those assets to, you know, finally when they do come in, say a month later and so on, can be given back to the family to replace any of that, you know, life insurance funds there. So 
Here's another reason that I like being able to uh, focus in on a permanent policy is the fact that, uh, okay, so you may have enough funds set aside for final expense, but uh, maybe you want to leave something for your church or maybe uh, your uh, your university um, or maybe a... Uh, Animal Rescue League. Hey, there you go. <laughs> so I, to me, it gives you an opportunity to be able to... Uh, give more than you ever could have before by leaving something for, uh, you know, a nonprofit organization. Or there's always Uncle Sam, and Uncle Sam's going to be right there asking about, you know, how you're going to pay for those estate taxes or probate taxes. And uh, so not only is the funeral director going to be asking for, uh, you know, getting paid for funeral costs, but Uncle Sam's going to be there to have to uh, want to make sure that any uh, taxes that are due. Um, and uh, then I guess the other thing that I always think about is, well, what is final expenses? Is it just the funeral cost? Those can run pretty high. I think the average funeral is now like 7000 up to $12,000. Easily. And that's for a Absolutely. One. <laughs> and, uh, but then there's also the maybe the unpaid medical bills. Maybe there was some uh, co-payments that you had to uh, fork over, or maybe deductibles, or maybe some of those um, expenses that weren't covered by your health insurance. Uh, maybe you know having to go to the hospital uh, that's you know a hundred miles away, and you have a hotel and food and that type of thing while you're dealing with medical issues. So a lot of other expenses come into play where it's always better to have something there as opposed to not being able to do, you know, be able to afford to uh, pay for some of that. And I think also kind of back on the funeral expenses thing, you know, a lot of times too, when you're going through the whole planning process, obviously you want to be mindful of the budget, what you do have, but you know, you also want to be able to create something that's really going to honor that person. Um, I know when I, we went and put together my funeral for my dad, I was actually amazed that the cheapest part of it was actually the plot. I thought, sure enough, that was going to be the most expensive part of it. It was not. That was actually the cheapest part. Um, but, you know, for us, you know, my dad was a life insurance agent, so we had, you know, more than enough on that end. But it was nice to be able to have that check as soon as, you know, we notified them that he passed away to be able to set up that. And it is more expensive. I know, I think even just a pine box in the ground, I think it's going to cost about $6,000, <laughs> whether you oh, wanted to or not. Yeah. Um, Easy. Yeah. And, and also kind of back on Steve's comment there about all those additional expenses, you know, unfortunately, you know, rarely does someone just die, you know, right like that without having, you know, hospital expenses, other, you know, fees that go along with that. Um, but another thing I wanted to kind of point out that final expense really can help take care of too, <clears throat> sorry, is um, actual legal fees. There's a lot of times where you need to start bringing in lawyers to, you know, help with documentation, help with selling of assets, things like that, where there's a lot of fees involved just to get to the assets. Um, and just having, you know, some additional funds in the bank account very quickly, it's just, it makes a huge difference. You know, the thing is, is when you do pass, you want to make sure it's just, there is no way to make it stress-free for your family, but you want to try to take as, as much stress off their plate as possible. And just having the right amount of funds in place um, can make a huge difference in kind of what they're having to deal with and as they're thinking of their future without you and everything like that, so. What I also like about being able to have a life insurance policy is that you can direct where those funds are going to go and not have to worry about whether their creditors are going to step in and uh, 
and want to take those funds before they go to where you want them to go. Um, and, of course, all proceeds for life insurance are income tax-free, which is a very nice benefit from the standpoint of knowing that uh, you're uh, uh, going to be using those funds or the, your family will be able to use those funds without having, again, Uncle Sam with his handout. On that note, that's why I really try to push as much as I can uh, single premium whole life. I mean, it's a great yeah, way if you've got point. assets set aside that you want to pass on, get it in a life insurance policy. Not only is it going to increase the amount, but it's going to go exactly all the stuff that Steve just said on how it's going to that um, child or any beneficiary, whoever's going to inherit that money from you. Yeah, and depending on how much you're uh, wanting to pay for your premium, um, you could even, if it's uh, designed to go to a charitable organization, you could even get a tax deduction um, for that premium if you opted to uh, make the owner of that policy the, the uh, nonprofit organization. And uh, then, of course, you have to check with your tax advisors as well as far as uh, uh, what you're able to use as a deduction. But um, that's another opportunity for you to be able to... Um, pass it along more than you could ever give to uh, an organization. So something to think about. So what would you say to a client who doesn't have children and maybe no beneficiaries listed? And they say, well, why do I care? I'll be dead. Why do I need to plan for this? Well, um, you know, there's, uh, in most cases, um, People do have family or friends uh, that are going to be uh, responsible for taking care of getting, um, you know, a proper burial arranged. And it gets back to the fact that if you are a, a miser, if you will, maybe you don't need the life insurance. Um, but in most mm -hmm. cases, um, the need for life insurance is to protect your assets and take care of, you know, who you left, leave behind. And uh, so it gets back to the fact that in most cases, that means leaving it to uh, an organization or a family member. But uh, it's a good question. It's just uh, life insurance isn't always for everybody, but in most cases, it does take care of the expense that you know you're going to have. And why not pay for it uh, with discount dollars, if you will, by paying it up currently as opposed to waiting until the end. Great answer, Steve. Well, all right, everyone. I uh, appreciate everyone for checking in here. Uh, you know, one thing I love about final expense, just as a final note here, is that, you know, it definitely is there to cover all those, um, you know, bills, whether it's funeral costs, medical, everything that comes up. But it's also to make sure that you're taking care of your loved ones and leaving a legacy uh, for uh, your memory. I also want to thank Steve and Carly for uh, coming on and talking a little bit more about uh, final expense. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.